السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وعليكم السلام الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا أشهد أن محمد الرسول أشهد أن محمد الرسول حيا لا إله إلا الله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين 
وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ أَمَّا بَعْدْ Dear Muslims, today's topic is one that is one of those heavy ones that we hope and feel we don't need and yet still crisis that is affecting so many of us. Last week, news reached me that one of our own youth in the greater Dallas area passed away at a local hospital because of a drug overdose. And it wasn't just any drug, it was a specific category that is now rampant, especially amongst teenagers and the youth. And that is a crisis called the opiate crisis. For those of you who are not aware, opioids are a category of medication. They're very powerful. And they're typically prescribed for severe pain situations, maybe after surgery, maybe cancer, maybe terminal cancer. And so this specific brand of opioids, that tension and that pain. And according to the Sharia, if that is your situation, if you are in such pain, and this is the only thing that's going to alleviate it, it's halal for that category, no problem. But of course, with this category of pain medication, there is a side effect. What happens is that this medication causes the brain to be rewired. And rather than feeling pain, you actually feel a type of joy and ecstasy. So obviously, it is a for those that want to go, want to obtain that haram high, this category becomes a mechanism. And unfortunately, this crisis has now reached proportions that are frankly terrifying. Our is actually one of the more higher country. 7.2% of people in Texas were found to be using opioids. 7.2, that's a bit less than 1 out of 10. 7.2 people are guilty of misusing this drugs. And unfortunately, in the last year, increase has occurred with regards to the illegal usage of this drug. It is becoming especially common amongst teenagers and amongst high school kids. Why? Because it is very easy to obtain. Unlike the hard drugs when we were growing up in the 80s, crack cocaine, heroin, this was very difficult to obtain. We thank Allah. As for this category, synthetically manufactured. You can manufacture them in a laboratory. And of course, three ways of obtaining them. You have those who prescribe and then the family members of those steal it and sell it on the drug market. This is one category. Another category who know but they prescribe and then they sell and they know this is a and the largest category is of course the illegal you know drug cartels you know in South America and other places they these drugs in their laboratories and the problem and this is one of the largest in this country last statistics I looked up over billion dollars that is a massive industry 400 are spent in this illegal drug trade that is in the illegal category and the problem in particular the small can actually be lethal just two milligrams of one called fentanyl two milligrams that's equivalent to one tablespoon two milligrams can cause death so when you have these small quantities able to literally kill and a, and a smaller amount is able to bring that level of joy what do you expect is going to happen 
And there are now these rave parties, these parties called Skittles and brings pills, that is the, 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 the chocolate or the candy, but different colored drugs. And all the kids are supposed to throw into a, uh, into a jug or a jar, and then they all grab different types and they try amongst each other. This is now a popular phenomenon across our own country and especially in the state of Texas. And unfortunately, one of our own recently passed away in this reality, in this uh, tragedy. So the purpose, I know many of us think, why are we talking about something like the drug trade? But subhanAllah, the purpose of these khutbas is to trickle down information, to raise awareness and potentially save even one life. If even one life is saved, wallahi, we have done what we need to do. To raise if our parents are not even aware Easily available these drugs are. So we're living completely disconnected from the reality of our own teenagers, completely disconnected. So the purpose here is to raise awareness. The purpose is to advise and encourage all of you to do your own. Then to start monitoring our most precious and prized commodity, and that is our children. These are our future. These are our legacy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted you these beautiful children. Allah has gifted you your children to care for them, monitor them. And so the goal today is to raise that public awareness. And brother, I need to tell you the Sharia has forbidden these substances. The Sharia has come to safeguard our health, to safeguard our faculties, to allow us to live beautiful, nourishing lives in the dunya, and then also to live the best lives in the akhirah. And so the sharia has come and forbidden anything that harms the body, anything that is counterintuitive, that is dangerous to one's health, one's sanity, all such products are forbidden. Allah says in the Quran, The Prophet has allowed everything that is forbidden everything that is filthy and there is more than drugs and the whole category of intoxicants i repeat there is nothing more filthy the quran says yuharrimu alayhim al our prophet sallallahu said authentic hadith khamr the is intoxicants this isn't a hadith the quran says the products are haram our prophet sallallahu said Ummul Khabayat doesn't mean the mother, it means the just the word. The source of all evil is drugs. Drugs are meaning alcohol, alcoholic products. And when we say khamar in the sharia, khamar is anything that intoxicates. So, of intoxicants, and frankly, the harmful effects of drugs is worse than the alcohol. So, it's forbidden alcohol by unanimous consensus, everything worse than alcohol, even more so. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Do not cause your own destruction. Don't do something that will cause your own destruction. And drugs and alcohol are of the greatest cause of destruction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbids drugs and alcohol in the Quran in a very interesting manner. A very hard has been forbidden in this manner. How so? Allah says in the Quran, Khamr, drugs and alcohol, and gambling and other sins, these are filthy. So avoid be pure. Then Allah gives a reason. Allah gives, rarely is this done. To cause you to fight among 
Shaitan wants you to go to war one another. Shaitan wants you to hate one another. And Shaitan wants to prevent you from living good lives where you're worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you gamble, when you take drugs, when you're always high, when you're always drinking, your lives will be destroyed. You will not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your brain will not function normally. Then Allah says, فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُنْتَهُونَ Will this not stop you? Hardly ever in the Quran does Allah ask a question like this. I'm telling you, this is going to destroy you. I'm telling you, shaitan has a tactic. Shaitan has a ploy. He wants to waste your time. He wants to waste your money. He wants to waste your intellect. Will you not stop doing these things? Hardly any commandment in the Quran has this type of rationality. And then a rhetorical question. What will make you stop? Why are you going to be destroying yourselves in this manner? When you know shaitan wants wants to harm you when you know shaitan is using these substances in order to cause you guys to go to war to cause you guys to hate the gangs the violence all of this what is the number one cause it's the drug war shaitan wants to do this make lies difficult on top of this shaitan wants you to not worship allah when you're high when you're constantly drunk when you're constantly involved in drugs you're not going to be worshiping allah so this is one of the tactics of shaitan then allah says will you not stop what will stop you from committing this category of sins there's no dunya we benefit there's no ukhra we benefit there's no faida in this world there's no faida in the hereafter brothers and sisters every single intoxicant comes under the category of khamr our prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said كُلُّ مُسْكِرٍ خَمْرٍ وَكُلُّ مُسْكِرٍ حَرَامٍ Authentic hadith. Every muskir, muskir means that which makes you high, that which gives you that high, that intoxication. Every muskir, consider it to be a khamr. And every muskir is therefore haram. And in fact, khamr or drinking alcohol uh, and, and overall drugs, it is one of the worst sins of Islam, one of the kaba'ir, one of the big sins. And in fact, our Prophet wasallam said, Allah has cursed the one who drinks and the one who sells and the one who buys drinks alcohol the one who sells the one who buys and he went over 10 categories Allah has cursed khamr and Allah has cursed the one who drinks khamr and Allah has cursed the one who sells and the one who buys and the one who transports and the one who extracts and the one who pours and he went over 10 categories everything to do with this industry with the drug and the khamr industry everything about it is cursed so my first and foremost plea to the parents and then I move on to the youngsters to the parents I implore you to be vigilant I implore you to be aware of the reality of this crisis that is unfortunately overtaking this country and this state and our children are part of this country and state what is happening outside of our bubbles will happen inside of our bubbles as, as well Wallahu musta'an our children are a trust from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are our sacred duty to guide, to protect them. And that responsibility falls on you. So you need to begin first and foremost by educating yourself. That's the purpose of today's khutbah. To incentivize you to read up, listen to some TED Talks, listen to read some Wikipedia entries about the opioid crisis, about how to, un, how to see symptoms, how to prevent this in your own households. Engage in open and honest conversation with your children. Foster an environment of trust where they feel comfortable seeking your advice 
sharing, advice. Our Prophet wasallam said, Kullukum ra'in. Every one of you is a shepherd and you will be asked about your flock. So the parents are shepherds. They're going to be asked about their flock of children. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask you about your children and your tarbiyah of them. So educate yourself, then educate them. Be a positive role model for your own children and realize healthy religiosity, having a good environment of Islam is one of the biggest mechanisms to prevent your children from going down this reality. Also, parents, this is an awkward advice because I don't want to micromanage your lives and lifestyles. But generically speaking, parents do have an obligation to monitor their children. Who are you hanging around? What time are you getting back home? Who are your friends? This is an obligation. Now obviously this will vary from time to place to culture. And as the child grows older, obviously you must give them more freedom. But in the beginning when they're children, when they're middle school, when they're beginnings of high school, there is no question. They are your responsibility. You need to know who they're hanging around. The number one source of drugs is the children of the people that die with drug overdose. The, the friends excuse me, the friends of the very people who are not some enemies, not some gangster on the street, the friends in the same school, in the same high school, in the same vicinity. So it's our job as parents to monitor whose house are you going to, what's going on there, and be open with your children, educate them about the dangers of, the re of, of this uh, phenomenon and the perilous path that, that happens if you undertake the reality of astaghfirullah taking drugs. And remember, brothers and sisters, remember, that nothing substitutes your own positive role model. How can you be and have an impact on your children if you yourselves are not a positive role model in their own lives? As for the youth, I speak to you now, the teenagers and the youngsters amongst us. Know, dear young brothers and sisters, know that whatever you think you're going to get from this path, Whatever pleasure, whatever ecstasy you get from ecstasy, one of the names of the drugs is ecstasy, whatever supposed pleasure you think you will get, it comes at a very, very high cost. It comes at a cost of potentially your own life. Allah has blessed you with youth. Allah has blessed you with energy. Allah has blessed you with strength. Allah has blessed you with, 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 with a brain. Why would you want to harm all these blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you? You are gifted. You are gifted beyond what you understand. You are our pride. No matter how difficult life is, find comfort and solace in other ways, in halal ways. Find comfort and solace in Allah's dhikr, in the community and friends. And inshaAllah ta'ala, life will become easy. Also, a lot of times people are actually good in their own youth, but it's the peer pressure. It's being in the wrong crowd. It's, it's the reality of if you don't take drugs, your friends are going to make fun of you. You're not cool enough if you don't take them. And subhanAllah, my dear young brother and sister, there is nothing cool about being dead. There is nothing cool about overdosing and having to call a 911 ambulance only to tell your parents an overdose has occurred. There is nothing cool in taking these haram substances. Actually, the real cool is to follow the Prophet Ibrahim and to reject culture and reject peer pressure when it is clearly something that is haram and it is something that is evil. Realize, dear young men and women, that society might treat you like teenagers, your parents might treat you like kids, but I'm telling you, if you are baligh, which is above the age 11, 12, 13, you are an adult in the eyes of Allah. 
If you are baligh, if you have passed 11, 12, 13, the sharia, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala considers you to be an adult. You are not a child once you have passed the age of puberty. So you must act like an adult and you have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dear youngsters, dear young men and women, seek solace in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Turn to Allah at times of difficulty. Surround yourself with positive friends. If you know this group of friends does these types of parties, if you know they have these types of drugs as accessible, then shut the door from the beginning and do not befriend them. Find other friends, find people that are not go going down this path. And I want to be a little bit personal here. And astaghfirullah, there's no bragging or boasting. I want to just teach you for, perhaps from my own life that yes, I grew up in this country as well. I also went through university here as well. And no doubt there was plenty of opportunity to commit you know, these types of sins. Whatever my sins, I thank Allah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Never was I ever involved with this type of drugs and alcohol and, and khaman and whatnot. And frankly, even when the opportunity presented itself, and I wasn't on the path of knowledge, I wasn't studying in Medina, I went to college here. Even when these opportunities presented, still I had no desire. Do you want to know why? Looking back, of course, Allah's blessings, but I think there are two reasons, and perhaps they might be of some benefit to the rest of us here. First and foremost, the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me with a practicing family, with my parents raising me with iman in the household. I never felt a sense of lack of spiritual happiness. I never needed a high outside. I never felt that there's something missing that I want to get a high from something else. I felt nobility in who I was. I felt nobility in my religion. My soul wasn't empty. And I firmly believe that only those people who don't have internal happiness, they need to find it in a fake substance. This is my understanding. Only those who are spiritually bankrupt, they don't know the blessings of Iman. They don't know the blessings of the Quran. They're trying to fill their empty souls with something so they turn to these haram substances so my advice to all of you turn to your religion turn to your Lord you will find that internal happiness and you won't need to go to these filthy disgusting substances that harm you and the second reason and has nothing to do with religion. The second reason is that honestly, as a person who always prided myself in my good grades and my studious studies and my habits and whatnot, I looked at people that are on drugs. I see the drunkards on campus. And I would think to myself, I remember vividly seeing somebody drunk on campus, walking this way, acting this manner. And the first thought that came to me is, why would you humiliate yourself in this manner? Allah blessed you with a brain and you're acting worse than an animal. Allah gave you an intellect and this is the way you're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna react with this? The most precious thing to me after my religion is my health, my mind. The most precious thing to me is my rational thought. Why would I be so foolish to take a substance that is gonna take that intellect away from me? Even without religion, why would you want to do that? And that is why some of the best Sahaba, some of the most noble Sahaba, like Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, even before Islam came down, he would not drink alcohol. And he would say, why would I drink something that will take my intellect away? Wallahi, you don't need the Quran and Sunnah to tell you drugs are foolish. You don't need any commandment from higher up to tell you that's why the Quran says, فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ What's gonna make you stop? Why would you self-destroy the very precious pride of being a human being and you then start acting like an animal or worse than an animal. This is the second reason that even before I went on the path of knowledge, there was no desire for me to take a substance that's going to cause me to act irrationally, to think in a manner that is not befitting, to strip my own dignity and my own intellect
reflect away. Why would anybody want to do that? So dear brothers and sisters, dear youngsters, be grateful for what Allah has given you. Don't find this false illusion of happiness in fake drugs. Don't think that you have to be cool by doing things that's going to be harmful to you and your future. And also realize even though the khutbah today is about drugs, but I must quickly mention here as well that you know other things that many of you might think are trivial like vaping, even like marijuana. Most of you youth, you think marijuana is very trivial and we're not talking about that in the khutbah. No, these are all what are called gateway drugs. What do you think is going to happen if you're hanging around friends that are always vaping, always you know smoking their reefs and whatnot? What do you think is going to happen when that becomes normal? You're going to want something more. I'm not equating you know smoking marijuana with opioids. I know there's a big difference in the harm, but both are haram. Both are haram. Sure, one of them might potentially kill you, but both are haram and the one leads to the other. So as Muslims live a dignified life, as Muslims abstain from that which might be haram but not as bad as others because it's going to lead you to that which it is. And realize sisters and brothers, adults and children, that through education, through coming together, through getting help from other people, through compassion, through faith, inshaAllah ta'ala together as a community, we will protect inshaAllah ta'ala with Allah's help our children. Children. We will try our best to make sure that this does not happen within our own communities. This is a societal problem, but it is a religious obligation primarily upon us to combat these forces. We have to be role models, not only for our children, but for people around us. And inshallah ta'ala, with the help of Allah Azza wa we shall overcome and protect our children. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless me and you with and through the Quran. And may He make us of those who is verses they understand and applies halal and haram throughout our lifespan. I ask Allah's forgiveness. You as well ask him for his the Ghafoor and the Rahman. Alhamdulillah al Wahid al Ahad, al Samad, al Ladi lam Yelid walam Yulad, walam Yakullah Kufu and Ahad, Wabadu. When we're talking about drugs and hinting a little bit about Khamar and alcohol, it is also pertinent we take a step back and talk about the bigger concept and perhaps the more pernicious concept of alcohol itself, of khamr. And I've hinted at it throughout this entire lecture. But realize that the sharia has explicitly come down prohibiting khamr and drugs comes under this category. But the Quran and Sunnah mentions alcoholic drinks. In fact, in fact, when the Prophet ﷺ would accept somebody's oath of allegiance to Islam, when the Prophet would accept a convert to Islam, you know, we just say the shahada, which is fine, that's what we say. But the Prophet had a higher level, right? When somebody would accept Islam, he would have an entire list. And this is mentioned in the Quran, it is mentioned in the first treaty of Aqaba, go look it up. It's mentioned in a number of hadith. For example, in one hadith of, of uh, um, uh, the famous Ansari who said, the Prophet took our oath of allegiance took our oath of allegiance. Allah nushrika billahi shay'an. We're not going to commit shirk. We're not going to kill people. We're not going to leave Islam. We're not going to lie and steal. And we're not going to drink alcohol. Notice, when you accepted Islam at the hands of the Prophet he gave you a list, don't do this. And on that list, wala tashribu muskira, don't drink anything that is alcoholic. And our Prophet called khamr, as I mentioned in the previous khutbah, ummul khaba'ith. Khamr is the source of all evil. Ummul khaba'ith means every filthy thing comes from khamr. And every single person who has studied the reality of the effects of khamr, actually the number one cause of death in America is actually the after the effects 
effects of drinking too much. And that's why in this own country, a hundred years ago, they passed an amendment to ban alcohol. They couldn't live up to that, the prohibition era. They could not live up to it. But secular people who don't believe in a higher power, they saw the dangers of alcohol. And they band together and they said, you know what, we're not going to have this in our own society. They could not live up to it and so they had to repeal that ban. But even they understood the, 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 the causes of liver, the dangerous driving that takes place, how many people die as a result of khamr. So khamr is ummul khaba'ith. It is a source of all evil. And that's why our Prophet said, Allah has cursed khamr and ten things around khamr. Everything that leads to khamr. And so brothers and sisters, those of you that are struggling with this addiction, for how long will you continue? For how long will you continue as if, as if it is something trivial? Anybody who dies drinking khamr, our Prophet ﷺ said without repenting, our Prophet ﷺ said, Allah has forbidden for him the elixirs of Jannah. All of the beautiful drinks of Jannah will be made haram for him. In another hadith, when he went to Isra al-Mi'raj, he said, I saw people, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, drinking from the pus of the wounds of the people of Jahannam. I, was, I asked, what is this? He said, this is the jaza of those who are drunkards. This is the response or this is the punishment of those who drink constantly. A'udhu billah, we seek Allah's refuge. Drinking from the pus of the wounds of the people of Jahannam. Khamr, alcohol, is one of the biggest of all sins. It is a kabira min al-kaba'ir. And here I must say bluntly, those of you who don't drink but sell alcohol, those of you who own stores of liquor, a'udhu billah, a'udhu billah, a'udhu billah. I remind yourself and I remind you and myself that we have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can you call yourself a Muslim and your source of income is to sell this filth to other people? What are you feeding your own children? What are you feeding yourself? I cannot think of a more haram mechanism to earn your own money than to own a liquor store. And a'udhu billah, let us be blunt here. So many in our own community, they think I'm not drinking it. They think I'm not getting drunk, but their source of income is to have a liquor store. A'udhu billah. This needs to be called out. Shame on you. Shame on you for selling this substance to other innocent people and for making a profit. You're destroying other people's dunya for your own akhirah. Think about it. You're destroying hundreds of people's, their families. You're causing so much and you're destroying your akhirah in the process. Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Find halal source of income. The fact that you drink person in, in your life, wallahi, it is a lesser sin than you having a liquor store and ruining the lives of hundreds of people. I say this bluntly and clearly you can quote me on this. If you drink yourself, that is a kabira min al-kabair. If you own a liquor store and you yourself are not drinking, but you're destroying hundreds of families, that is a far bigger sin because now you are destroying hundreds if not thousands of people. So fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and get rid of this filthy substance. Do not sell this substance. Do not be a source of fitna for others people and purify yourself get rid of haram money and find a halal risk before the angel of death comes to you i want to conclude with some practical steps for those of you that are struggling with these types of addictions for those of you that are already addicted then first and foremost the steps to overcome addiction are many first and foremost we'll mention five of them number one recognize you have a problem Recognize you have an addiction problem. If you don't even recognize it, you're never going to solve it. Number two, as Muslims, realize there is no way you will overcome addiction without Allah and the help of Allah. There is no way, nothing is going to help you overcome addiction without Allah's help. And so, number three, you must develop a strong connection with Allah. There is 
no way to overcome addiction to khamr, to alcohol, to drugs. There is no way to overcome a sweetness of this world until you discover a sweetener that is sweet, more sweet than the sweetness you have. Until you discover the ultimate sweetness and that is the worship of Allah, the joy and the pleasure of having a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When your heart fills with iman, automatically you will give up alcohol as the Sahaba did. When Allah revealed in the Quran, give up alcohol, they were drinking alcohol because it was halal. They were drinking alcohol. When they heard the verse, they opened their windows and they threw their cups outside. How could they do this? Because the sweetness of their hearts of Iman was more than the sweetness of alcohol. So point number three, those who are struggling with addiction, you need to work on your own Iman. You need to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make dua to Allah, increase your dhikr and salah. Point number four, seek the help of family and friends and therapists. There's nothing wrong with this. Go to those who love you. Go to your closest family and friends, those whom you can trust and admit to them, I have a problem, I need your help. They will come and they will monitor, they will incentivize, they will be your, your comfort in this world. And the final point that I'll advise, and again, much more can be said. And by the way, there's no shame going to a therapist as well. We've said this multiple times. The final point I'll mention, point number five, you know the causes of what leads to this addiction. You know the friends who sell you these substances. You know the gatherings where they are predominant. Cut off the roads to the evil that will prevent you from falling into the evil. Cut off the societies, the associations, the friendships. Cut off anything that will be a sabil, a mechanism to get to this evil. And if you do so, it will be easier for you to cut off from the actual evil. And above all, always realize your hope comes from Allah. Your blessings come from Allah. Your protection comes from Allah. You want to change? You want hawl? You want to change? You want the power to change? It'll come from up there. So turn to Allah Azza wa Jal. And whoever takes Allah as his guide shall never be disappointed. Whoever puts his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shall always be successful. Brothers and sisters, Allah will not judge you on yesterday. Allah will not judge you based on the sins you have done. Whatever sins you have done, Allah is forgiving. Ghafoor and Rahim. Turn over to Allah. Start with a new leaf. And insha'Allah ta'ala, every past sin will be forgiven. Allahumma inni da'in fa'aminu. Allahumma la tada'a fi hadiyyawmi dhamban illa ghafarta. Wala hamman illa farrajta. Wala daynan illa qadayta. Wala maridan illa shafayta. Wala asiran illa yassarta. Allahumma fillana wa li ikhwanina lini sabakuna bil imani. Wala taja'a fi qulubina ghilla lilidhina amanu. Rabbana innaka raufur rahim. Allahumma a'izza al-islam wa al-muslimin. Allahumma a'izza al-islam wa al-muslimin. Allahumma man aradana aw arad al-islam والمسلمين بسوء فاشغله بنفسه وجعل تدميره في تدبيره يا قوي يا عزيز عباد الله إن الله تعالى أمركم بأمر بدأ به بنفسه وثنى بملائكه قدسه وثلث بكم أيها المؤمنون من جنه وإنسه فقال عز من قائل عليما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك وأنعم على عبدك رسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين عباد الله إن الله تعالى يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإذائد القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه يزد لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أكبر وأقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة 
حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله استو straighten your rose leave no gaps in the line الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين لله ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وإن تبدوا ما في أنفسكم أو تخفوه يحاسبكم به الله فيغفر لمن يشاء ويعذب من يشاء والله على كل شيء قدير آمن الرسول بما أنزل إليه من ربه والمؤمنون كل آمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله لا نفرق بين أحد من رسله وقالوا سمعنا وأطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها لها ما كسبت وعليها ما اكتسبت ربنا لا تآخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إصرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله 
أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين إن في خلق السماوات والأرض واختلاف الليل والنهار لآيات لأولي الألباب الذين يذكرون الله قياما وقعودا وعلى جنوبهم ويتفكرون في خلق السماوات والأرض ربنا ما خلقت هذا باطلا سبحانك فقنا عذاب النار ربنا إنك من تدخل النار فقد أخزيته وما للظالمين من أنصار ربنا إننا سمعنا مناديا ينادي للإيمان أن آمنوا بربكم فآمنا ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله 
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم there's been a request uh, for dua um, two of our sisters are uh, severely ill one of them is sister Azza she has suffered a severe Injury, she's in ICU, and the other is Dr. Sultana, the dentist. Uh, she's suffering from cancer and, and undergoing therapy. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahumma rabban nasi adhibil baasi anta shafi la shifa la shifa'uka, shifa la yugadiru saqama. We ask Allah for a complete and swift recovery. We ask Allah azza wa jal to cause this sickness to be a kafara for their sins and to return them to full health. And we also have a, a, a death announcement, uh, Sister Sara Bouadilia. Uh, she passed away uh, last night. Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive her sins, to grant her jannah for those. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cleanse her and to give her thabat in the qabr. We ask Allah to give sabr for her families. So I was just told another dua as well, Sister Iram passed away overseas. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to forgive her sins. We ask Allah to grant her the family sabr. We ask Allah to give her thabat in the qabr and to give her a da better than the da'ar shahab.